As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. If you know, then you know it's those long nights, early mornings, rolling down these old back roads, working all week, trying to turn this blood, sweat, and tears poor with a little bit of green in the gold. You can find me, smoke right by. Support for the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, Manscaped. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Add me to the list. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You want 20% off and free shipping? Go to manscaped.com and enter promo code JED and you will receive a huge discount for your next grooming experience. Check them out at manscaped.com. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to the, the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Uh, it's just Jed this week, uh, Lukeless this week, but um, we, we've got a great show ahead of us. We've got the latest big money winners in both top bulb and foot brake racing with us tonight. We're going to interview those big winners about their amazing day or days at the racetrack. First up, uh, we've got joining us right now is the SFG 500K winner. And it's a racer that you probably have not heard a lot from. And we'll talk about that 
in the interview, but uh, definitely hearing a lot from him right now. We've got Todd Arnold on the phone with us tonight. Todd, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you carving some time out for us after your big win. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's uh, it's definitely a pleasure of mine uh, to speak with you. Thank you for having me on. Well, pro- pleasure's all ours, sir. Uh, certainly, uh, first and foremost, congrats on, uh, I mean, Todd, I don't even know if you realize yet what you've done. Maybe you do, but, uh, you know, winning a $500,000 bracket race is incredible. Uh, your story is even more incredible. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but before we get into the, I guess, mind-boggling or, or startling details of of your huge win, tell us a little bit about you and your racing history, Todd. Tell us, you know, kind of when you started, where you started, who got you into racing. Let us know that story. Okay. Well, as uh, I guess as a young teenager, of course, my dad you know, loved hot rods and, and, and cars and trucks and this, that, and the other. And, you know, we uh, never re- really could afford to, to go racing or do anything like that. So my very first car was a 69 Firebird that a gentleman had uh, put a small block Chevrolet motor in it <clears throat> and a three-speed shifter. And to be frankly honest with you, it would run like a scalded dog. So I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> and... uh Ended up selling that car and getting me a 69 Camaro. I used the motor out of the Firebird to tweak on it a little bit. Done some cylinder head work and this, that, and the other. Ended up, that's, that's the first car that I ever went down to the drag strip with. Over at Piedmont Dragway, I was local to that track. That's my home track. And what, uh, uh, what year, what era was that, Todd? This was uh, probably around 1991, 1992. Okay. Uh, somewhere in there 93 somewhere somewhere around in there i was just still a teenager uh but you know a lot a lot of street racing and a lot the mustangs were were pretty hot back in the early 90s you know and so we had a lot of fun you know it's kind of when you could go out cruising and, and really not get in too much trouble you know what i mean oh yeah i remember uh, it well so, so anyway uh like I said, I was uh, local to uh, Piedmont Dragway, and I was able to, uh, at one point in time, uh, ride my dirt bike over there to the track and kind of hang out, watch. And I'm not going to say that I learned a lot, but I, I sure gained a lot of interest in it. Well, we actually moved away to a uh, western side of the county and uh, ended up messing my Camaro up at the drag strip i tore the rear completely out of the car it busted the gas tank crushed the rear quarters blah 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 just just pretty much demolished the car so i ended up uh finding a, a tube car it was a 79 monza bought it from a guy that had raced it you know right regular at piedmont dragway so that was my first true race car uh there again uh i reused that engine that came out of the camaro and so i kind of built, put together, scabbed together in my first bracket car. And the car ran around 660s. Uh, never really, never really did a whole lot with the car. Uh, you know, just a couple rounds here and there. Didn't know a lot. Just still trying to learn. And, uh, to be frankly honest with you, uh, I couldn't afford to do what I was doing. But I just tried to make a way. Uh, fast forward till. 1999, 2000, 
I had met this girl, which is now my wife, Natasha Arnold. And uh, she kind of taught me how to manage money, so to speak. Well, we were able to put a little money together, and we went to uh, Russ Farmer over at Race Tech and had a Race Tech hardtail car built in 2000. And so uh, that that kind of set me on fire, so to speak. That was a that was a true way to enter the sport. You know, it was the the weapon of choice, I guess, if if you could imagine. Uh, so we went from there. I bought me a small a small block from. Uh, chaffer off and some cylinder heads from dart put together a little 427 and went drag racing won the very first event we went to at farmington dragway first first uh race that we ever ran in a car and uh then a couple weeks later i runnered up at a ihra top dragster event at piedmont and a couple of i don't know a year or two later uh, Mr. Alvin Bildine invited me to go with him to Maryland International Raceway to run the uh, Bill Mitchell Series, one of the races up there. I think it was a couple of 10-granders. Well, we got lucky and, and hit one of those, and uh, that's the rest is kind of just history. Uh, fast forward to 2004, uh, where both my wife and I gave our heart to the Lord, and... Uh, felt the need to get really involved in our in our church and uh so we did so and we sold out in 2005 we sold everything that we had had a couple of motors uh trailer truck car just i mean fire suit everything i kept nothing but my helmet that's all i kept and so uh <clears throat> now you know we've started a little small business uh about eight years ago and kind of got it off the ground and Financially, we're we're in the position to where we could kind of play a little bit, and so Tommy Plott had always been my friend, and uh, you know periodically we'd talk, and he would always say, "Man, come on, you know you can drive my cars anytime you want to," and I just shrug it off, you know. I kind of thought, you know, I I'm done with that. I, my interest level wasn't it, you know, what it was, and had two girls, so now they're 14 to 15, and so Tommy. Tommy called me around Thanksgiving Day uh, this past year, and we went up to Farmington to uh, run one of those uh, five granders that they have at uh, at Farmington. I made a couple of laps in the car, and the next day we run the race due to a rainout, and uh, it's, it's it's been on ever since. So since then we we found this little Chevy two Nova to buy. We bought that. And Tommy got in touch with me, you know, concerning this this race here in Bradenton. And uh, you know, I, I'm extremely busy. We've we've built a new house. We've got a small business, and you know, anybody that has their own business knows that you you got to be there. So uh, we just uh, made a way, and we went down there, and 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 we we got lucky. I mean, we really did. I I had no intentions of going down there and. And doing anything but having a good time and having some time off from work and you know just enjoying seeing some people that we haven't seen in a while and and it turns out that you know the the, the car was deadly uh and you know i finally found the tree and was able to put some combinations together and it paid off 
<laughs> paid off is a is definitely a fitting term, Todd. Uh, you won a five hundred thousand dollar to win bracket race. Uh, you know, even when you were in your heyday, obviously you quit for fifteen years. But when you were in your heyday, could could you even let yourself imagine racing for that kind of money? And then here in your comeback tour, you're you racing for that, and then you go win it. I mean, how incredible is that? Well, it's honestly it's it's extremely humbling. Uh, I don't know how. I don't even know how to begin to explain that experience when I, I mean, even, even, you know, in Maryland, when I won the $10,000 race, it was, it was, uh, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, it just humbled me to the point to where, you know, I just felt so undeserving, you know, that, that there was so many people that I know had put, just as much, maybe even more, into the same thing that I had, and, and I was one that was reaping the reward. So <clears throat> when I went when when I went down the track that last round in the final, and I seen I seen my my scoreboard light up. It I I don't, I don't know how to explain that. It's just it was just an overwhelming experience and. I mean, I I just coasted on down uh, to the end of the track. I had normally I would have turned off at the first turn off and, and got on back, uh, but I had taken my phone that round. Regardless of the outcome, I wanted to call my family because my wife and girls, you know, they they didn't go. It was just Tommy and me. Uh, so I went on down there and I cut the car off because I knew that the live feed was on a time delay. So I wanted to give them time enough to actually see the race and see that I had won. And so uh, I FaceTimed them at the end of the track down there. I mean, just to be honest with you, man, it just I, I just broke down. I can imagine. What a what an amazing moment and and a refreshing outlook on on being the victor in something so special. Uh, and, and you know, the first thing that goes through your mind is that you want to you want to share that with your family that's uh that truly absolutely. says a lot about you todd and it's pretty incredible absolutely well you know through the years like i said my my girls are 14 and 15 year old year old now so all through the years you know we've always you know chit-chatted about drag race and and you know liking hot rods and look at it on youtube and but as far as going to the racetrack and being a part of it you know we we just for whatever reason, we just never did. Uh, I, I I don't even know why. Uh, but but to know that I was able to partake in in that side of it is still to this day, man. I mean, I I don't. My mouth is sore from grinning so much. You know, I just uh, <laughs> don't take offense to this. Uh, but I don't think you were one of the favorites to win the the 500k and. <laughs> Not because you're not a you're you're you aren't a talented racer by any means, but more because you haven't been seen on the track in so many years, fifteen right. years away, uh, right. and you came back in you know around Thanksgiving 2020. Uh, did the fire still burn for those fifteen years? I couldn't imagine being away that long myself. So, 
did the fire still burn? Are there times where you just say, I'll never do it again? How, what goes on in your mind for 15 years away? No, it, it never leaves. Uh, I have to be, I have to be honest there. It, it, it was a, it was a constant thought, uh, constant interest. Uh, I always, you know, would, would try to at least imagine, you know, the opportunity to, to do it once again and to also have my whole entire family involved in it. Uh, because it's such an enjoyable sport, it's a family sport, it's a clean sport, uh, you know, it's it's you get gratif- gratification out of it, you know, satisfaction. And uh, I, I would, my wife and I would talk, you know, through these years, we would say, you know, I, I wish we could do it again. I sure would like to. We really enjoyed it, you know, this, that, and the other. And, and, and I've done a lot of growing up in those 15 years. I mean, I'll be frankly honest with you. Uh, I used to let that racetrack and other racers affect me to the point to where, you know, it would affect my performance. And, uh, Jared, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I didn't have none of those feelings the whole entire week at Bradenton. It wasn't about, uh, any kind of games or, you know, any kind of nothing. It was just me trying to go racing and have a good time and enjoy myself. And, you know, going rounds was just a bonus. Wow. Uh, I know that that may sound far fetched, but no, no, it, it, that's how I feel about it now. And, and I feel like, uh, and, and I hate to refer to myself as a racer, but you know, I, I'm a different type of racer now. I, I think I am. Just, I, for instance, <clears throat> we all know the, the tactics that, that go on in big money bracket racing. The, the starting line duels, the, the this, the that, you know, the, and, and I just, to me, I ignore that now. I just, and I see it still happening on a small level maybe, but I, I'm able to just tone all of that out. I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, you know, if someone wants to do something in the other lane, then let them do it. And I don't have anything to do with that. That's, that's them. You know, I try to try to just tone that out and, just do my own thing. And and I was able to concentrate on me. Yeah. Obviously it was a part. Yeah, part. obviously it was a successful uh successful strategy on your part. Or strategy's probably a poor word there, but you know, that kind of inner peace that obviously mentally and spiritually you're you're at your peak, you know, you you, you obviously have uh have worked on you in those 15 years away and it it's i mean you were a championship caliber racer prior but you know to come out and do what you've done in such a talented field um you know it truly is remarkable when you've been away for as long as you have so it 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 definitely says a lot about the inner peace that you've created within yourself that you know prepares you to go out and I guess perform your best and accept the the results, whether they're good or whether they're bad. Sure, there's a lot to be said there, Jared. I really I really believe that. Uh, 
because we can reflect. I mean, since then, I know this is, you know, just a few days past, but I've been able to reflect on and analyze. And I even did this while we were racing uh, at Bradenton. You know, during in between rounds, in between days, you know, I would try to compare the feeling that I had versus what I remember having, you know, once before. And it was just no comparison. I was like, you know, it's this is no big deal. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't have to do this. I don't, I don't have to feel like I, I've got to win. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I want to have a good time. I want to enjoy this. And if we, if we turn on some wind lights, then, then okay, fine. When I would lose, and I did plenty of that, uh, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't get upset. You know, it just, it didn't bother me like, like, like it used to. So I, I, it may sound difficult to understand, but that's, it's a, it's a weird feeling that I have. And it just, it's not the world to me anymore. But I do, I am very, very passionate about it. I mean, I have a, a deep burning passion to, to, to do it. Yeah, I love it. I don't think that I could ever escape it. It doesn't sound weird at all, truly, uh, Todd. Most of the very spiritually sound racers that I know, the talented ones, at least, have that same inner peace. You know, they... they they are thankful to be there, win or lose. They enjoy the opportunity to compete, and you know they're they're good with the results. Um, you know, it, nobody's happy about losing, so I don't want that to sound the wrong way. But you know, you can handle that very well, and it sounds like that's a place where you are in your life. Yes, sir. Uh, it, it, it. I don't know. It's. Uh... It's comforting to know that it's it's not my everything. Uh, I have a life outside of the gates now, so to speak. And that's something I did, you know, way back. But it, it's, it seems that our life kind of revolved around the racetrack. You know, we just had to be there. We had to do this. We had to do that. And now, I mean, <laughs> um a lot of people are asking me, you know, are you going to Michigan? Are you going to Galat? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And the answer is probably not. Uh, you know, I've got a small business to run. <clears throat> We're in the middle of building a new house. Uh, I mean, I've just got other obligations and priorities that, that come first. Would I like to go? Sure. I would love to, but you know, <laughs> I just, I can't let, I can't let stuff, you know, get in front of my priorities. I love it. What a, what a great attitude and, and demeanor about you. And certainly I'm sure that the people that uh, pay you for your services are thankful to hear that as well. You know, that, that, that they matter that much to you. You know, you could be capable of going again and, and winning a life-changing amount of money, yet your customers that have chosen you over all the, the other competitors that you have are, are getting your best. So, on behalf of your customers, Todd, I want to say thank you for that. I, I wish more people would, I appreciate would prioritize that. that way. Yes, sir. I can I can give you a, a for instance, uh, the job that we actually had to put off for a week. Uh, we started it. Well, 
we had a guy over there doing some demolition work on Thursday and Friday. So we actually started putting everything back on Monday. And uh, I had actually texted their repeat customers, as, as a lot of our customers are. And I had texted him from the track and, and showed him, you know, our winter circle picture and everything. And he thought maybe I was pulling his leg. So Monday morning when we arrived there at the house, at, at his house, uh, him and his wife, I mean, they, they almost broke down, you know, and, and because they was thinking, you know, we, we are so glad that we were able to allow you to postpone us a week for you to go do something that we feel like you are very passionate about. And wow. he even, he even spoke about that. He said, I could tell in your voice when you called and asked me because I told him up front, I said, Frank, I said, uh, I'm going to ask you a question and I'm going to be honest with you. I've got the opportunities to go to Bradenton, Florida and race for $750,000. And, uh, he says, Todd, when you said that, I could tell the passion that's in your, in your voice. He said, I just couldn't tell you no. And so we, we actually had a good time Monday morning before we actually got started. But, but I'm thankful. I'm very grateful to folks like that. We have an excellent, excellent customer base, uh, a very successful business, small business, and we're just we're just thankful. We're just very, very thankful. Well, that is uh, very obvious, Todd, and evident. And it sounds like your customers care about you as much as you care about them, which means you're providing them a great service, and uh, that's hard to find these days, as you know. So. Uh, small business that's that's doing everything right stands out and it sounds like your business is standing out as well so i commend you on that so todd real quick as we wrap this thing up uh, without discussing money what you know we don't need to know how the the money fell but tell us your thoughts going into the split what was there relief at that point did it not even really matter were you even handling that stuff or did you have someone doing it for you how was that going well uh you know <clears throat> tommy plot the car owner uh he's great he, he's uh, he's a fantastic ex-world champion uh very very successful accomplished bracket racer everybody when you say the name everybody knows it yes sir no so doubt when uh when we when we made it to the split round uh, I looked at him. I said, well, we've just covered our week of racing. And and that was good enough for me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. If we hadn't have went no further, if, we, if I'd have lost and come back and loaded up and come home, then we, we would have been, I would have been fine. And I know that he would have to. Uh, you know, I, I think every bracket racer already knows that you'll never get rich doing this uh can you justify racing yeah you can i think uh but i think the main thing is i think we we may have lost it a little bit i think the main thing is let's go have a good time and enjoy one another and camaraderie and and uh you know just look at it as a bonus it's kind of like fishing if you catch a fish that's the bonus if, if it if it wasn't fishing it'd be catching so let's just go race and have a good time and, be cordial and respect one another and it, it, it'll pay off. 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, very well said. I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see more racers take on that thought process and and that type of attitude at the track. Hopefully, that rubs off on some people. Todd, we 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 need more people like that at the racetrack. And uh, you know, again, you you you're doing something. You're right in the middle of something so incredible, and in that that peaceful mindset of yours is just uh, I think an absolute advantage and you use that to, to go on and win. So, you, you know, you talk about we, we've covered our week of racing. That's a relief. I mean, let's, let's be honest, whether you've got the disposable income or not to cover your, your expenses at a race for a week long, that's, that's a relief. Um, so you, you've got that done. All that's behind you now. What's the mindset? Does it change at all from that point on? Or, or do you do anything different? You just keep marching. We, we, we kept marching. Uh, I had absolute 100% confidence in the car. Uh, I believe I had more confidence in that car. I don't want to be out of line saying this, but I, I think I had more confidence in the car than Tommy did. Uh, Tommy let me dial the car. Uh, he, now he gave me his input, you know, and it was very welcomed. I promise you, because he certainly knows the car better. But it was just a confidence level that I had, Jared, that that that, that is kind of unexplainable as well. Uh, if I wanted to dial up, then, then I would, you know, do accordingly. Uh, if I wanted to leave it alone, then, then I would leave it alone. Uh, so we just kept, we just kept marching, and I kept hitting the tree, and I was, I think, uh, I was perfect on the tree a couple of different times, and I done the average of my reaction time on that one that one entry that we won with, and I was double o nine all day long on mm. my average. Excellent. Uh, I mean, it's just impeccable. I I don't know. It's a storybook, you know. It definitely is, and and all the you know the the stuff around it, the big break, the getting in someone else's car. Uh, you know, Tommy, you talk about Tommy, um, Tommy plots, one of the very few people in racing that beats on me the way he does. I mean, he just owns me and I just want to hug his neck when he, when he whoops up on me and puts me out of a big hundred thousand dollar race or whatever he puts me out of at the time. You know, he's just that kind of guy. So I imagine Todd winning in his car, there was some financial gain for him as well. And hearing you talk about not only your relationship with Tommy, but just that inner peace with you, I imagine that probably feels as good to you to know what you did for Tommy as it does to know what you did for Todd Arnold. Oh, sure. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, I... I'm really not at liberty to to say a lot, but uh, yeah, nor do we need to hear that. We don't need to hear it, but sure. Uh, but it helped the both of us out. Uh, you know, uh, but just just to be, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that I could have probably got a ride with. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But if I had to choose, Jared. Uh, Tommy would be number one on my list. I can tell you that from way back, not just yeah. because we just won in his car, but Tom, I, I've been friends with Tommy well over twenty years. 
And Tommy, Tommy Plot was Tommy Plot back then, just like he is now. Uh, so he, I mean, he is a true, true friend. He really, yeah. He's a great I think a lot of people describe Tommy that way, Todd. He, he's just that kind of guy with that kind of um, legacy and reputation, certainly within our sport. But I, I would say, uh, just in life in general, he's just a just a truly, truly wonderful person. And I really think a lot of Tommy, and you know, it's great to see the the two of you get to do something so special together, being so close and. Certainly, your your humble reflection of this um, amazing accomplishment is, you know, really nice to hear, Todd. It, it's it's really cool to hear your story and and hear you know the reasoning why you took yourself out of racing for a while. And you know, I think uh, we could all learn a lot from from listening to this little short reflection of of your racing history and, and this huge accomplishment. So. We, we definitely, uh, again, congratulate you for doing something so special. The SFG 500K champion for 2021 is something no one will ever be able to take from you, Todd. Yes, sir. But now that that's behind you, you're back to work, you're doing your thing. I'm sure you'll choose some other events. What's next for you this year? Where do you go from here? Well, uh <clears throat> work <laughs> we're working <laughs> no uh we, we we're trying to put together a little chevy too uh my 14 year old daughter she's kind of extremely interested in in doing a little bit of foot breaking so we've picked up a chevy too uh we kind of took the motor and transmission out of it just to freshen everything up so we'll know what we have uh i'm going to be top bulbing it and she's going to be foot breaking it so we'll see. We've bought a trailer, and so we'll we'll see. You know, as soon as we can get that thing together and and get it worked out, and we, I don't know. We'll we'll be around somewhere. I'm I'm not sure. Well, there's a couple of really good footbreak races up in Bristol each year, so uh, we'd love to see you guys make it up there in a couple of years when when she's got a little seat time under her and she's got her license. So hopefully y'all can make it up to race with us some. <laughs> That's right. I think that's one of the biggest holdups right now. Is, uh, I, she's actually sitting over there in driver's ed as we speak. Uh, so it, it's coming, but she's still got a few years. But uh, <laughs> we're excited about it, man. I, I'm just excited that you know I I have somebody else other than me that wants to drive. Yeah, I understand the feeling. My 15 year old son's racing. We're having an absolute blast, so I know you guys will too. Todd, before I, I let you off the phone here, I'm sure there's some people that that help you get to from the track down the track. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know how big the list is, but I'm sure there's some people you'd like to say thank you to. Who is on that list? Sure, sure, absolutely. Thank you for asking. Uh, first of all, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, he, he's my everything. And I, I am nothing without him. Uh, my wife and family, of course. And, of course, my great, great friend, Tommy Plot, And Andy Bill at Bill Racing Engines. Hank Thomas Performance over in Winston-Salem. And Russ Farmer over at Race Tech Cars. 
they do a phenomenal job, a phenomenal job. And that pretty much wraps it up. Well, I don't imagine the list gets much better than that, Todd Arnold. Uh, that's, you know, that's a list full of all-stars, starting with the man upstairs and trickling right. down to those of us here occupying his space. Yes, sir. Well, Todd, again, congratulations from all of us here at Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. And, you know, we appreciate so much you taking some time out to share your story with us. Uh, what a great story it was and, and just a refreshing, refreshing interview. And I can't thank you enough for, for giving us this time and certainly hope uh, something great happens on down the road for you and we get the chance to talk to you again. But until then, we wish you all the, the fortune and luck in the world. Thank you, Jared. I, I have I have listened to you announce uh, several, several races uh, just watching. And you, you're you're a you're a pleasure to listen to, and I'm I'm thankful for you wanting to interview me. Uh, the pleasure is definitely mine. I can assure you that. <laughs> well, I find that hard to believe, my friend, but I know you wouldn't tell a lie, so I appreciate that more than you know. Uh, that means the thank world. You so much. Really, thank you so much. All right, Todd. Thank you for your time again tonight, and we wish you luck moving forward, man. Have a great one. Okay. Take care. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And, and, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing uh, our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest uh, edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day reasons to use bte tune up services number one quick turnaround time you won't be out of commission for half the season while you're waiting on your parts number two unparalleled customer service and responsive communication reason number three all brands of parts are accepted it's not like they just work on BTE parts. Number four, BTE offers freight shipping discounts. They are located in the shipping capital of the United States near Memphis, Tennessee. And number five, reason to use BTE tune-up services. Quality work from knowledgeable technicians helps your system achieve peak performance. All right, so we've told you about our great friends at Manscaped and I want to tell you a little bit about the products that those guys sent out that you can get your hands on too. Now, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes Crop Preserver. Yes, Crop Preserver. You got to preserve the crop. It's an anti-chafing, junk deodorant, and moisturizer. So, you know, you already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your junk stinks. Get that crop preserver and give yourself a little bit better scent. And speaking of bad areas and bad scents, you know, I'm thankful for their crop reviver. And this product, along with the crop preserver, keeps your junk from sweating, smelling, being sticky. I mean, we need that freedom and that comfort to perform at a high level, especially if you're listening to this show, you're probably a racer. So you need that. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts in the Perfect Package 3.0. They put in some high-performance Manscaped boxers, boxer briefs, that is, that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. 
and a travel bag too. You need the Perfect Package 3.0 or any other products from the awesome folks at Manscaped. Now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code JED at manscaped.com. Did you hear me? That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just go there, use the promo code JED, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We just wrapped up with the SFG 500K winner, Todd Arnold, and now we have the big foot brake race winner of the week. The loose rocker Bigfoot 75K champion is on the phone with us now. Looking forward to this discussion with Soggy Dunn. Soggy, thank you for joining us tonight, man. We appreciate you taking some time for us. How are you? Hi, Jed. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Well, it's our pleasure to have you and, and looking forward to hearing you talk about this monumental foot break win at the Loose Rocker 75K. But before we get to, to that amazing victory, Soggy, first, first things first. Where does Soggy come from? How'd you get the name? Uh, I had a funny feeling they were going to ask me that. Um, it's actually <laughs> really crazy how it happened. I was probably seven or eight years old, and the guys I used to go racing with when I was that young, he was a pretty heavyset guy. And uh, I came up to him one day, and I pushed on his stomach, and I said, yeah, that's pretty soggy. And he said, no, you're soggy. And that's how it stuck. It's something that simple. Get the heck out. That's all. Awesome. It was, it's crazy. It's been with me all that time. Very cool. And for those of you that don't know, when I was one of those last year, when you entered the, the BT $100,000 foot brake race at Bristol, you're Stephen Dunn. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, the, the entry came in for Stephen Dunn, and I never put it together. And then uh, Crystal messaged me and wanted to know, you know, where, where, where's Soggy, uh, where is he at on the list or what have you? I can't remember exactly how it went. And I'm like, well, I don't remember Soggy entering, but she said, it's Stephen Dunn. I said, oh, well, that makes all the sense in the world. So, but we'll call you Soggy because I imagine that's what you like to go by. Yeah. So, so Soggy, tell us your racing history, just, you know, fairly briefly, kind of the when, where, who, uh, you know, the basics of how you got started in racing. Well, uh, I got started with, uh, as you know, Terry Nyman. He was a winner at one of your events. Yes, former World ago. Break Challenge winner. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, I've been around Terry since uh, maybe 10, 11 years old. And then uh, John Horoski, which owned, used to own my car that I have now. And we went everywhere together and... That's pretty much how it started. When I was 18, I took my first pass down a quarter mile in the Camaro I have now. Oh, so man. That was the very first car I've driven. And uh, over the years, as the years went on, I got my own Camaro. I had a 74 Camaro. I raced that for oh, a good four or five years. And then uh, I bought a 67 Camaro. And I raced at Maple Grove for a while. And then, uh, unfortunately, John got sick and he he passed he had passed and a good friend of mine scott rhodes had bought the car from john's wife and i didn't know nothing about it and he called me one day and he said hey you need to come down to my house i got something for you so 
I cruise on down to his house and I open the garage door and I walk in and there's the Camaro sitting there. And he said, uh, you need to go get your trailer and get this car out of here. He says, I bought it so nobody else would get it. He said, this is yours. Well, wow. so that's how, that's how I became the owner. I ended up buying it from him. I paid $5,500 for it. And then, uh, I took it on home and I raced a year at Maple Grove with it in points. I finished number two behind Paul Thim Jr., which is shorty. And, uh, the following year after that, my brother took it and, uh, he painted it. We took it all apart, painted it. And that's when it became the color it is now. And it's been on the, on the track ever since. Awesome story. So that was what time frame? what year was all that taking place when you got started to, to the point where you got your hands on that Camaro? Well, it was, uh, when I got, when I got, when I ended up with the car, it was probably about 12 years ago, 14, or 12, 13 years ago. So, okay. Um, okay. It's, it's been with me ever since, and I don't plan on getting rid of it. <laughs> no, I guess not. A lot of sentimental value to that one for sure. Yes. So, Soggy, so your home track is, uh, you're, you're in Pennsylvania. I'm not exactly sure where, but your home track would be Maple Grove? Um, yeah, I'm about, I'm about 25 minutes from Maple Grove, but originally my home track is New Media Dragway. I mean, you know, I drove for Bob Domino for about six or seven years yeah. and, uh, he's about two hours north of me, the track is, and I, I went up there every weekend and raced for him. Okay. Excellent. So you're in uh, the pretty part of Pennsylvania. Mark's over there near Pittsburgh. You're you're in the really nice part of Pennsylvania. Yes, I'm towards. Uh, I'm not too far from Cecil, Atco. I'm like an hour and a half from Atco, Cecil. So I got a pretty good uh, radius I can go to. Yeah, sound like good access to some great facilities there. Um, so, mm-hmm. Soggy, let's talk about your historic day at the races um first was so you and i messaged a little bit last year about you enjoyed the 100k uh, labor day weekend that we had in bristol and you uh was talking about that you went on to say in your message not doing much next year i'm going to be dirt car racing with my brother-in-law limited schedule for me but i will do money races for sure so with this huge huge win historic win in foot brake racing does that change anything or are you still going to do some dirt car racing i'm still going to do some dirt car racing with my brother-in-law um but hit a lot of the money races i plan on being at yours um it's going to be money only a couple bracket races regular you know regular points race here and there but mostly all point or uh, money races i want to attend and with this win, it makes me want to go a little bit more. So, yeah, I'll probably go drag racing a little bit more. <laughs> oh, good. Welcome back, so to speak. Thank you. Uh, was was the Loose Rocker $75,000 foot brake race on your schedule, Soggy, just as soon as you saw it? I mean, that those those type of events don't come around very often, so obviously that jumped out. Yes. It was the same way with the 100K, the 100K that you had. As soon as I saw it, it's like, okay. We never, we don't know if we're ever going to race for this kind of money again. We're gone. You know, 
Yeah. Uh, the same way with Loose Rocker. I saw that. Well, that's a no-brainer. We got to go give it a shot. Yeah, those guys, uh, Michael Beard and Anthony Walton, obviously do a, a wonderful job, and they put on something historic for foot brake racers. I mean, Soggy, that that win, and again, I don't know if you've been able to reflect on it yet, but that win is one of the top two or three foot brake wins in the history of the sport. Uh, that is yeah. not something to be taken lightly, my friend. No, it, it's sinking in a little bit, a little bit each day. Like on the way home, we left the track. I lost Sunday, uh, fourth round, and I said to Chris, I said, "Well, let's start up the road." So me and Todd started up the road, and all the way home for eight and a half hours. That's all I thought about was the whole day, over and over and over. And the closer I got to home, the more it started to sink in. And the friends I got to share it with that were down there, it just made it unbelievable. I can only imagine uh, that's, that had to feel incredible. But, you know, there, were, there was racing up until that point, obviously, that, that those guys had around the 75K. How did it go prior to the main event, Soggy? Was everything going well? Car deadly, you hitting a tree, just uh, feeling confident going in? Or, or how, how did that play out prior to the 75K? Uh. I had a few issues. Um, like I said, two weeks before this race, Todd Toman had, we had the whole car ripped in a million pieces. We redid the back end, put a nine inch in it, all new brakes all the way around. Um, Kenny Johns had to cut my ladder bars apart, re-weld them. And the whole time they're doing this, I'm standing there thinking, I'm going for 75 grand. I got a car that's being hacked on and cut apart and put back together. I don't know if this is a good idea. So, we go on down there, and Todd says, there's a race Thursday night. He said, let's get in it. We can make a couple time runs. If we have to make any adjustments, we can do it then, and we'll be ready for Friday. I said, okay. So we go down there, and, of course, I go up for the first time run, and I'm expecting the worst. You know, go left, go right, spin, whatever. And uh, I go up there, and I make a lap, and the thing's smooth as silk. I mean, straight, like we never even touched it. And uh, so I went down through, and I come back, and Todd said, well, what do you think? I said, everything's great. Let's send it. So we end up racing Thursday, and like I said, I got into that race just to get a couple time runs, and first time being in the car after the off season, just wanted to get a couple hits at the tree and end up winning that race Thursday night. Yeah. Great start, you know, especially with all the, the work and maintenance and changes you made. So got to be feeling pretty confident now as you're starting to the stakes are starting to get raised if you will yes and then uh friday morning they call us up for doubles double entries to the lanes i jump in the car go to fire it up i have no oil pressure todd comes over he says what's the matter i said i have no oil pressure he's like what do you mean you ran fine last night so i just had changed the oil before we came down there and I said, well, let's, let's just change the oil filter and see what's going on. So he had a spare filter in his trailer. So he come out, we changed the filter, I fired up, it's back up to 60 pounds of oil pressure. I'm thinking, oh, God, thank God. So that's how we started into Friday. Mm. And uh, Friday I was doing okay. I got two, both entries into the third round, and then I got beat both entries 
third round. And then uh, I come back, and I was pretty much done for the night. And then uh, Brandon Michaels was with us and uh, Smokey Ellis. And they're like, oh, you got to get in the gambler's race. Get in the gambler's race. So I did. Well, that was a bad idea because I got cracked second round in the gambler's race. So that ended Friday. And then Saturday was a whole other adventure. Obviously, it was. Be honest, Soggy. When Even when you changed the filter and got oil pressure, how many passes did you hawk out of that oil pressure gauge before you finally got comfortable and said it's fine? All day Friday, <laughs> to be honest with you, every day. In the, in the burnout box, before I did the burnout, I just kept, before I staged, I kept looking at it, make sure it wasn't down to zero. And So that was weighing on my mind a little bit. But after I got rolling Friday, and uh, like I said, after I lost, I got in the gambler's race. I started to calm down a little bit about that. And uh, and I lost in the gamblers, and then Saturday was uh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I would say it was. Uh, so obviously, you double up in the or you double enter in the the seventy five k. I don't know how far you took your other entry that that did not win the race, but did, are you are you feel like do you feel like you're driving good all day, Soggy? Were there any quote-unquote lucky rounds, things that, that got you by? Did you make a hero run when you had to to get by somebody? Tell us a little bit how the rounds are progressing those first four, five, six. Um, Saturday morning I started off, I was I was teens on the tree. I felt really, really confident that, you know, I felt, felt it really good. And then uh, I did an air pressure adjustment going into second round because I got through first round with both my tickets. And then uh, I did an air pressure adjustment to get my lights just a little bit better. And then that's where I, I was pretty much 10, 9, 11. I just stayed in that area. And then uh, I ran into Adam Davis. I'm thinking it was probably fourth or fifth round. And uh, we had one heck of a race. I mean, it was just a cut out the finish line. We, were both, we both killed the tree. And he ended up beating me. And I lost one entry. And then when I when I lost that entry, I felt the wind come out of my sails. It was like, oh, man, I just got beat. I got one entry left, and there's quite a few rounds to go yet. And then uh, Todd said, just just roll with it. You got one. Concentrate on that one, and let's, let's go. And uh, that's what happened. I went the rest of the way with one entry. Yeah, and obviously – uh, gets in the late rounds there, uh, you know, it gets to, to nine cars and we won't get into specifics, uh, about who or how much money or any of that, but you know, there's, I don't know, Todd, I mean, I, I don't know, Saga, well over, well over 90 grand, maybe close to a hundred mm-hmm. in the pot. This is a foot brake race at nine cars. You guys start a little discussion, but someone and again we don't have to talk about who that was someone decided that they wasn't interested yeah Tell that a was, uh, about that. was a little uh i was standing back at the car because i didn't want to get involved in that because i didn't want to you know i didn't want it that way on my mind plus driving the car so todd toman took care of that for me he all i heard was after it was all said and done i heard no deal Let's race. And I'm thinking, huh? And I'm thinking, what do you mean there's no deal? <laughs> Did I hear that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's all this money here. What do you mean, no deal? And Todd said, no deal. Don't worry about it. Drive the car. So Todd kept me on the straight and narrow. He told me, he said, don't worry about that. Let's make it to the big to the big dance. I said, okay. So and that's what we did. I, I kind of blocked it out. And once I thought about it as I got up to the burnout box. And then once I got into burnout box, I kind of forgot about it. I just had to focus on what I had to do. Yeah, and obviously you focused very well. So you get all that behind you, all the money talk and, and those things. And again, as you said, you're letting Todd Tolman handle that for you, which was probably a great strategy. Not probably. It was a great strategy on your part. So, Soggy, now you, you've worked your way to the final round of uh, a history-making day in footbrake racing. And you are facing arguably – the best that will ever do it in foot brake racing. That's no offense to you or no offense to any other great championship caliber racer. But Nick Hastings is probably the most talented I've ever seen and maybe ever will see. He's in the other lane opposite of you. And it's obviously your biggest final round in your racing history. What is going through your head, your mind, your heart, at that point well it started back at the by run when i had the by run into the final and i'm watching nick hastings and tim douglas stage and i'm thinking okay i'm looking at nick and i'm looking at uh tim and i'm thinking well neither one of them are slouches they're both driving like animals so i sit there and i watch them leave i watch them go down and i see nick's light come on i'm thinking oh boy you're gonna have your hands full i mean <laughs> You you picked the baddest guy in footbreak to mess with in a $75,000 final. And I kind of laughed a little bit, and I, I did my burnout. I pulled up. I made my run. And uh, I think I was like 11 or 12 total in my buy run. I was feeling good. And I'm thinking, I'm coming up the return road, and I'm taking my helmet off my belt. So I'm like, well, you better come up with something because 30 25 on the tree is not going to work and you got to be dead on to beat this guy. So that was starting to, I was starting to think about the final already at that point. And well, I'm then, not uh, very good at math, Soggy, but you were just 12 total. So 30 or 25 wasn't anywhere in the, in the game for that run. So you had to be feeling pretty good about yourself. Yeah, I was. And then, uh, we go up for the final and I start talking to Nick and obviously Nick and I made a deal in the final and, uh, we went out, I'm in the, I'm getting ready to pull in the burnout box and, uh, they shut us off because they, they weren't finishing the track yet. They weren't finished yet. Now I'm sitting in the car and I'm staring at the burnout box and now my mind's just going a mile a minute. I'm thinking, man, they need to hurry up because I can't sit here and think about this too much longer. I'm real. I'm taking myself out of this race. And then they, they told us to fire up. And my mouth's dry. It felt like I ate a half a jar of peanut butter. And I, I rolled in the burnout box, and I'm thinking, man, this is horrible. It's fun, but horrible. And I look over at Nick, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, this is going to be interesting. So when we did our burnouts, I kind of was cool. After we did our burnouts, I pulled up, and I freeze things, and I looked over to Nick, and he was doing his thing. And, and you know, before we were, I said to Nick, I said, let's just have fun. And Nick supported me the whole weekend I was down there. And Nick's like, Truly, the personality that guy got is unreal. So yes, I pull up, and I, I go to stage, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Just 
don't change nothing, just do the same thing. And when I left, the light felt great. It felt good, but it didn't feel great. And I'm thinking, uh-oh. And as soon as I shifted, Nick's already next to me. And I'm looking out the window net, and I'm like, this is not a good spot. He's already, he's already wheeling me. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. And I'm thinking, you know what? Trust the car. Let's just run it down there. And I didn't do nothing. I was flat to the wood, and down through we went. And I just happened to look up when we went through, because I knew he'd cross first. I looked up, and my W lit up. And it was the feeling like it was like a delayed reaction. I just looked at it, and I went, oh, my God. I can't believe I just won this. And I look over at Nick. And I'm, lo- I'm looking at him, and I'm, I'm like in shock. And then I started to holler and carry on and all that stuff in the car. <laughs> can only imagine how good that felt. Again, not only to accomplish such a, a great win, but who you did it against. You know, had to be extra special. Uh, but that is only part of the story of that final round. Sagi, you and I have talked a little bit off air. Um, you got to tell us about your trip to the ticket booth to get your ticket. Oh, after after Nick and I went through the finish line, we come up to return road. At that point, I'm like, I've done lost my mind. I, I jumped out of the car, and he was getting out of his car at the same time. And he gave me a big old hug down there at the ticket booth. And he congratulated me, told me I deserved it. Um, couldn't happen to a better person. Like, And he just he just lost the final. And he had that to say to me, uh, Nick Hastings is truly, truly stand-up guy. I mean, no doubt about it. Yeah, very and good then, description uh, of him. Yes. I mean, total respect for that guy, 100%. Yeah, you have to respect him. He's such a humble champion, and he's so, so talented. Uh, but, you know, you got the better of him. You you made a better yeah. run than he did in a monumental, again, history-making final for foot brake racers. Um, you get to the winner's circle now. You get your ticket. You get to the winner's circle. And I understand that this was possibly the longest winner's circle or at least the car occupied the space in the winter circle longer than any other, <laughs> any other time in uh, loose rocker history. Tell us about that. Yeah, that actually, circle. I, we were down at the finish line and Nick's trailer was right there past where we got our time slip. So, um, I pulled in behind Lucas Walker's car and everybody's out in the road and they're to congratulate me and stuff like that. And my wife comes running down to my kids and she's crying and carrying on. And gives me a big hug, and I said, "Honey, I said, go ahead, and take it to Victory Lane, drive it up there." Well, she done drive off. She just drives off, and she's gone. And I'm down there, and I'm drinking beer, and I'm carrying on, and I kind of forgot the car was up there. <laughs> so uh, I'm walking around. I finally get back to the trailer, and I got like 87 text messages on my phone. So I sit down on the cooler, and I'm drinking a beer, and I'm going through my text messages, and my son comes back, and he says. Mommy wants to know when you're coming to the to Winter Circle. I'm like, uh-oh, I forgot all about it. <laughs> so we go on up there, and Nick's, and Nick's sitting behind the car, and he's in the gambler's race, and the gambler's race was already in the lanes. And I said to Nick, I said, if you're already in the gambler's race, just go ahead and race. We'll do pictures later. And he's like, okay. So he jumps in his car, and he gets in the lanes for his uh, gambler's race. And um, 
I let the car sit there. I was watching the race, and, and whenever everybody, a lot of my people that were with me, Todd and Brandon Michaels and all them, and Smokey, they were all in the gamblers race. Well, I wanted them in the picture. So I wasn't taking a picture until everybody was out. So then the car just sat there. It sat there for hours. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, well, that's right where it should have sat for hours. Uh, let everybody you know, just make there. sure they got a good look at the guy that just made foot break history. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, unbelievable. All the people come up to me. I met a lot of new people. Um, uh, Edmund Ellison and Caleb, their dad, I got to meet him. I was talking to him for how long in the stage lanes. Boomer. Great people there. And great racers. I mean, them two are fantastic behind the wheel. Um, Just walking around, talking to everybody. I was just happy-go-lucky. I mean, I was just smiling from ear to ear. That's just walking around. As you should have been, my friend, as you should have been. Soggy, we talked a little bit about it earlier. You know, there was some dirt track racing on your list this year, maybe a little less drag racing. Uh, you said you're going to maybe do a little more drag racing now, obviously, with this kind of momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What is the next race for you for 2021? Actually, I'm, uh, I'm going to New Media this weekend, just to see a couple friends that I haven't seen in a while and I'm going up to see Bob Domino. And then uh my next big money race is the top bulb seventy five thousand at Piedmont. I'm going back down there and I'm going off the foot. Oh, nice. Excellent. I'm going to give that a shot. So Well we wish you very good fortune and and great outcome there as well. Hopefully you repeat and get it done again. Soggy, nobody does it at the level you do it without some help or or some people or companies supporting your racing program who's on that list tonight that you need to say thank you to um i got a pretty healthy list here uh start off with um jeff hatfield at midtown tire he's uh he's been with me from day one he's they do a lot for me uh harry bartman at uh, hemi's body shop he does a lot for me as well. Um, Tommy Zimmerman, the cool car performance. He does all my transmission stuff. Uh, my final loss company, quality disposal, big supporter of me. Always has, always will be, uh, 2,900 on that C2 converter, uh, C2 <laughs> converters, Lee Ream. And the uh, old hot rod be happy with that one. Cause we, we laughed about that all weekend down there. Uh, yeah. The- Suspension Solutions, Shane Swagger. He uh, he has a lot to do with this car, with his components on there, and made a big difference. Um, my engine builder, Ray Wayhead, from Matco, New Jersey. Um, Kenny Johns, he does. Him and Todd did the chassis. Uh, he set the car up, scaled it. Um, Todd Toman, his brother Nick, or his brother Timmy, and his nephew Nick. They're the ones at the other end of the car. Um, a lot of help from them. I couldn't have, I couldn't have made it to that race without them. Uh, big shout out to them. Uh, Tony and Lisa Branca, construction. A lot of support from them. Um, Jeff Stricker at Roadrunner Race Fuels. Definitely couldn't do it without him. Uh, EFR, Emily Family Racing. Good friends of mine, their family. Uh, I've been racing with them for quite a few years now. And um, Kurt Danielle Holland, 
Kurt's been in my career for a long time. Uh, you know Kurt. Um, he's been oh, a yeah. part of everything I went through. So, big shout out to Kurt. And uh, that's pretty much it. Well, what a great list, and and I know Crystal's in there as well. Um, you know, you you guys oh, yeah, do this as a as a team. Yes, yeah, so the wife and kids. Uh, wife, at least she don't argue with me when I want to go race it because it's usually her idea. So I don't have that <laughs> argument. But uh, the kids are starting to get involved. My daughter's seventeen now. My son's ten. She's raring to go racing, so they're starting to get more involved with the car and helping and stuff like that. So that just making it a lot more fun. It makes me want to do a little bit more of it. So yeah, without the family, you ain't got nothing. Absolutely, you definitely need that support at home. And then you had a, a, a fine and long list of others that help and support your racing program. So yeah, I know they're all extremely proud of you. Uh, I am all of the footbrake community. You know, you're you're as a lovable and likable champion as we get. So we're all happy for you, all proud of you, and, and certainly look forward to seeing what the future holds and hopefully you get some more of these big wins under your belt and uh, you cement your place in racing because you truly are one of the best and really excited for you and want to say thank you again for carving out some time for us, uh, coming in here and telling us your story and and taking us down that path of that huge, huge foot break win at the Loose Rocker Bigfoot 75K. I thank you, Jed. I, I appreciate you having me on here. Um, a little nervous. Never did anything like this before, but I think I did okay. Um, yeah, did awesome. I'm hoping to see you. And hope to see you in Bristol for sure. So I uh, appreciate everything. Well, I uh, I definitely hope to see you there. Um, obviously, we'll be there July the 4th weekend, Labor Day weekend. I understand you won an entry to the WFC in July at the Loose Rocker race, so uh, hopefully you're able to utilize that. But uh, if not, um, we'll we'll get you to use it some other time. But congratulations again, okay. Soggy. Amazing day at the racetrack. Okay. You are the Loose Rocker Bigfoot $75,000 foot brake champion. Enjoy it, my friend. Thank you, Jed. I will see you soon, buddy. All right, man. Have a great night. Yep, you too. Bye. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, 
That's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want. Or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.